0: welcome to the austin art talk podcast my name is scott david gordon and i'm a photographer podcaster and writer and i love art and artists and i love asking questions and having real conversations i have a curious nature and i'm really interested in people who they are deep down and why they do what they do What do they love, and how did they get where they are, and where are they headed? Austin is a great city, and I'm grateful to be in the midst of so many talented and amazing artists and those that support them. If you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to subscribe where you listen, and visit scottdavidgordon.com to learn more about me, other podcasts I produce, and to read my almost daily journal where I share my photography, thoughts and connections, and books that I'm listening to or reading. And reach out if you have an idea for your own podcast and don't really want to deal with the learning curve and all the equipment. Maybe I can help you make your dream come true. This episode is brought to you in part by Eastside Picture Framing, a conservation quality picture frame shop located within the Canopy Creative Complex in East Austin. Eastside Picture Framing offers you exceptional custom framing and provides insights and recommendations throughout the entirety of the design process. From archival mounting, acid-free mat and backing selections, and UV glazing options, all the way to their wide selection of real wood and metal moldings, they provide the same level of care for each project, regardless of the size or budget. Please schedule your free consultation today on their website, eastsidepictureframing.com, or visit their Instagram page to see examples of their work, at eastsidepictureframing. Framing. Now for the interview. Artist Tom Jean Webb grew up in England but knew from an early age he wanted to live in America. His mother and grandfather helped to inspire his creativity, and if not for a chance visit to a contemporary art gallery as an adult, he would not have realized that what he wanted to say with his own art was valid and possible. After many trips back and forth from the United States to England, Working on commissions, building relationships, and evolving his personal style of art creation, he finally committed to fulfill his dream and make the U.S. his full-time home. The work he creates is heavily inspired by the colorful and rocky desert landscapes of the Southwest and our explorations of space and his own personal reality. As he consistently strives to create his distinctive artwork, he prioritizes being open and present, staying playful, having fun, and letting go of control and preconceived ideas. Here is Tom Jean. Tom Jean, thanks for being on my podcast.
1: My pleasure.
0: Um, I'm grateful to Kevin Ivester for introducing me to you. Um, You have... (laughs) work up at his gallery right now and he's been on my podcast yeah and he also sponsors my podcast which is really cool cool. him and the east side picture framing so nice i'm grateful to him i just called him on the way here to get uh, any ideas additional ideas or perspective from him on maybe things we could talk about but um wow we were in this beautiful huge studio at on tillery street Mm -hmm. and uh, we were just talking about your work you were kind of giving me a tour and i'm like Let's stop right now. And <laughs> <laughs> we got to record this because you're saying all this good stuff. And I, I want to capture it. Uh, <laughs> I need to try and remember it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we'll just. Actually, I think it's kind of cool being here in your studio because we can actually just look around and talk about stuff and we can see it all right now.
1: I um, know. I certainly can't forget it. Um, yeah, it's going to be here to look at when I start going silent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll give you an idea. Yeah, I think what we were talking about was just how you're in this maybe as kevin explained kind of a transitional phase and maybe that's what he's seeing as a gallerist and uh you're kind of you have your work that you have been doing but then you're kind of experimenting and trying some new things um but maybe for anyone that doesn't know you or your work how would you kind of what's your what would be like your intro to someone about yourself as an artist
1: i mean I think some people would be surprised to know that I'm from England as not everyone <laughs> knows that they, 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 there's often a sort of silent yeah. reception to when I when someone phones me on the phone for the first time yeah they, right they, they think they've got the wrong number so yeah I'm from just outside like, my family are from East London but I grew up just outside London and uh my granddad was my neighbor and he was into America all things Americana had American cars and Watch westerns and wore cowboy boots and
0: oh wow yeah that's cool
1: and uh, he bought me my first Stetson when I was little my first pair of cowboy boots and and I spent a lot of time with him really you know he was an aspirational figure for me and you know and going to his house was almost like a bit of a museum for me yeah and he was always building the cars and you know creating stuff and so I loved going around there and um, it was this very natural source of inspiration for me it felt otherworldly you know
0: like a window into another place
1: exactly it was very like transformative space for me so when i started making art it just felt very natural that i was you know that's what i was drawing because that's what i was excited by on a day-to-day basis
0: and your mom was a maker too right
1: yeah so she she's She's always done like arts and crafts, you know, crocheted and and knitted, and make, she makes curtains and upholstery you know, and teaches clothes making, and yeah. and she worked from home. So we had a little studio at home where Mum would make stuff. And oh, cool! So you know, so I, I was sewing at an early age and painting and just doing all sorts really, and nice. um, and I couldn't really read or write till I was much older than I should have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and so I think art just became my my kind of outlet. Yeah. Um, but and then and so. Being that my art was my outlet, and then you know I sort of put two and two together. I liked western Southwest Americana kind of stuff, and I liked to draw, so it just it seemed quite simple for me to do that,
0: so that's always been kind of the style of your work in a way
1: yeah, I think so. It's a very sort of instinctively led thing, you know, and and art's always i've tried to remain quite childlike about the way I make artwork, and so I feel like yeah you know i I see a very direct link between. The kid that was doing the drawings and what I'm doing now—I mean, I am actually the same person. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but I—I I make a conscious effort to try and keep art on that same level for myself. And, uh, yeah,
0: have fun and play, right? I mean, I think that's something we it, don't focus on enough.
1: It's, uh, right? I, I, yeah, I remember there was a you know a very conscious decision that I said to myself that I was meant to be enjoying this thing. Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, what a crazy concept. Yeah,
1: right. And it, and it, it kind of is easy to forget. And then yeah. I was like, I am meant to actually have fun. And so um, from that point. Not only did it remain fun, but I think actually the work got better, which was a really nice lesson to learn so so anyway, to go back to the point, so my work visually you know in, a, in an aesthetic sense is is very southwestern looking landscapes, desert scenes, that kind of Americanary kind of thing so yeah that 's kind of visually what it looks like, but it 's also about finding oneself through the through the process of creativity mm mm-hmm. So there's, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a story behind the doing and the the, the story behind the seeing and and the way that it looks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It makes me wonder when you were talking about growing up with your grandfather, like, what was it like the first time you ever went out to, uh went to the American South or Southwest? Like, what was it actually like? Was it more than you could ever have imagined? Was there any... aspect of disappointment was it what was it like
1: well i mean it's a really important part i think of my career as an artist and i don't mean just as a career but i mean my path i guess as an artist because the 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 the, you know they say don't meet your heroes because it could only right disappoint so (laughs) weirdly this landscape had become a hero so yeah i was it was definitely something i was conscious of before i did it because i thought because it held such a magic for me. It's such a romantic, you know, yeah. idea. Um, and also I was drawing it in a box in London, you know, it could be everything. And, and there'd always been a sort of element of surrealness to what I was creating as well. It was always imagined and there's always like another, another story that I was trying to tell with the landscape. So it wasn't just like landscape painting, you know, so that because it wasn't just about the physical form, there was, there was a, there was other sort of more emotional elements or attachments to this place mm-hmm. that i was worried that going to it may it may not be it yeah. i might just go oh yeah no that is just a rock yeah oh, it's just a land you know it's <laughs> yeah. just a hill or a mountain you know and so the the, the yeah those kind of more in, um, intangible things might just get lost it might just be like well they're not there i don't feel them anymore right um but fortunately for me <laughs> the <yeah. laughs> the, exa- the exact opposite was true and it and it reinstigated everything that I had imagined and 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 I found myself feeling extra creative in that space. Oh. You know, and um and everything about it felt like I was getting a physical feeling of the thing that I was trying to capture in the work. Mm. Like I felt the space, I felt the air, I felt the room. I felt the calm, you know, all, all those things. I, I felt a limitless idea of possibilities in creation. Wow! So, yeah, and 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 also and also things like it developed my, my color palette. You know, this. Yeah. I, I suddenly had an emotional reaction to. The, the, I guess the realness of it created an, another level of an emotional reaction, which then created more of an inspired creative reaction yeah so so suddenly it just added more layers to what i was doing and why i was doing it and um gave me more knowledge as to what i was trying to do with it and how to do it you know so that was really good and then and then of course i I realized there was something else going on in my work where the the lines between life and work were blurring which was really interesting Hmm. So I was creating work of an imagined space or an imagined idea of traveling to this space. Then I was actually doing it. And then so that was, then I was almost like stepping into my work and then by stepping into the work, it was creating new work. So this kind of revolving story was starting to develop. Yeah. Which which I was becoming an integral part of by purely doing and being, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I think there's uh, two paintings up at, at Ivester Contemporary right now. And one of them, I mean, I'm assuming the way Kevin described them, that one of them's almost a self-portrait and the other one's a portrait of your partner who's in London, who Mm -hmm. you've been separated from. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you're looking, you're both, You know, the perspective is you're looking at the same horizon from the opposite side. Yes. In a way.
1: Yeah. Well, she's still in England, and because of COVID, we haven't seen each other for a year. Wow. I know. So it's obviously very frustrating. But um, so that piece of work was definitely a comment on that. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're looking at each other from either side of this scene that exists between the paintings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, you know, out of all the places in the world, I mean, I understand, like, your grandfather's influence, but why the Southwest? Why the South, like, in particular, do you think? I think
1: because of the space. I think there's a subtlety to it. I like the dryness. I like the openness. And, and also I was thinking about, you know, when you grow up in England, you're on a tiny island. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's, and, I, and I was always fascinated by this idea that I, could, I would want to be able to walk out my front door and not stop walking. Yeah. Until I decided I wanted to stop wow. walking. Wow. Okay. so yeah. But you couldn't do that in England because you'd hit the sea in any one direction quite quickly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I suppose there's a lot of space in Scotland, but maybe it's different.
1: Well not when you compare it to the size of America. Okay. yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're right. <laughs> but so I I always felt I felt like it was a small country surrounded by sea and it all pretty much looked the same and I kind of already knew it by going to one town and I don't I, yeah, that's maybe a terrible thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not completely untrue. But with America they're still there felt like this unexplored unknown Mm -hmm. physical landscape represented the idea of discovery and and i guess you know at the time i I was interpreting that as discovery of the land as opposed to oneself and now i realize it's a representation of like needing to discover myself yeah and i guess mixing it with that kind of childhood nostalgic value of watching the westerns of my granddad and I built up this yeah an emotional connection to the land and but I think very specifically the the land itself has a value that is helping me see or see that because you know it could it could be a big open ocean or it could be a big forest but there's something about the the desert that's speaking to me in that way yeah the southwest in particular yeah and I, and I think that because there's a warmth to it there's also a subtlety to it that I really like. It can it's it's big and open and quite simple looking, and yet very layered. Mm-hmm. The more you look at it, the more you see, the more you feel attached to it. The more you learn, you know what I mean? It's it's it it requires attention, which I really like. Yeah,
0: I actually feel the same way about West Texas in particular. Right. Like I am going to Marfa this weekend. Oh, nice! Yeah, I love going out there at least twice a year. It just feels this the openness. I feel like I can think, I can uh-huh. breathe, I can expand and just reset i mean it's just it's it's an amazing landscape it's amazing
1: yeah and it it comes with a silence a calmness and you know even just you know a night sky full of stars not used to that growing right yeah
0: i mean how many people have never seen the milky way probably right well
1: i didn't until i got here i'd never seen a shooting star you know little things like that and um and and just being able to see for a vast amount of distance as well is really quite calming i find yeah um Yeah, there's something about the physical space turning into sort of emotional, mental space.
0: Especially after, you know, we're kind of sitting in front of our computers or our phones all the time, like being able to see for 50 miles or something. I don't know. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) It's a pretty amazing uh, contrast.
1: Definitely. And yeah, I feel like in England, you see about 10 yards and there's something in the way, you know. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely something about, yeah, the space itself alongside the sort of childhood emotional attachments as well that have created this kind of place for me.
0: Yeah. I wonder what your grandfather's fascination with America was. Do you think?
1: I I think, I mean, I know that he loved the cars. I think he loved the aesthetic. I think he loved the romance of it. The sort of, yeah. The John Wayne cowboy. Um, And
0: did he ever come here?
1: we he came here when we were younger but we went to florida okay so we did we we did the the sort of disney world thing Yeah, that that was i think i was about six or eight and um he he loved it and i I, you know i i I used to enjoy going back to tell him about the places i had been like he always fantasized about the grand canyon and when i went that was a cool thing because i had to go back and tell him about it and yeah um that was always really good fun. Uh, yeah. So, so he didn't he didn't come out to the Southwest, unfortunately. But um, I mean, I'd love to have taken him. But, but yeah. I also feel like he was quite happy to idolize it from afar. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, I get that. And so as you were growing up, you are definitely have a proclivity for art and you're making and you're, mm-hmm. you have this influence of your grandfather and your mother. And how does that progress? Does that, I mean, are you kind of right from the start, like, I'm going to be an artist? Or did that... How did that evolve? Did you study art, and how you know?
1: Well, I always did art as a kid and and drew, and you know, realised earlier on that it was something that I was somewhat good at, or you know, I felt like I could communicate with the the medium. You know, I I feel like I could do it and feel satisfied in in what I was doing. Then I went into secondary school, which I always get confused. I don't know if that's your high school. It's like ages twelve to sixteen, pretty much. I was sort of put off it because I I had a teacher who told me that lines weren't art, which is fascinating to look back at. (laughs) It's like most of my art is, you know, I'm fascinated by lines. So
0: That is a weird perspective. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't really fully understand where that came from. It was, it just wasn't really taught. And so I thought that artists were these like, you know, I thought, no, you there's no way I could be an artist
0: according to that definition right exactly
1: like you know it's other people got to do it I didn't get to do it um and so it was kind of put to the side for a bit and then um when I was I think I was 20 19 20 I I dated a a girl who'd just come back from university because the thing is no one in my family has been to university or anything like that so the idea of higher education wasn't a thing, and I, yeah. I, I was a um, I did car- I was a builder and those sort of things, and which is obviously a great trade. But yeah. it, it, the idea that like art or further education was a thing just wasn't in my mind. I could I never even conceived it as a wow. an idea. So then she'd come back from university and basically tell me what university was, yeah, and and took me to my first gallery.
0: Oh wow, nice. yeah,
1: and so and then it's immediately knew. I immediately, wow. since I walked in the door, I was like, I'm an artist. It was... <laughs>
0: that is interesting. Yeah.
1: And I really, it all made, everything just came together in my head. I was like, oh, this is what I've been doing my whole life. Um, wow. And from that moment forward, it was about being an artist. And uh, and so I immediately quit my job. I attended a college for um, students, like older students who left the education system, yeah, basically. Yeah. So I, I did that for a year. Uh, and then I got into university and studied fine art, and then and that was it. I haven't stopped since. Wow. Um,
0: I just want to back up to that moment, though. This seems like a huge moment. You walk yeah, into this gallery, like really break down this moment for me. Tell me how it felt. It and was what just. You thought.
1: It was just very exciting because it, it was a contemporary gallery, and it was. It, I realized art was a. In that second, I realized art was about ideas as much as it was doing you know, in a limited art education you're taught that art is about replicating something to a high to a degree that's almost like otherworldly, you know, mm-hmm. like the the old masters. And so I, I didn't realise that art was such a broad spectrum of yeah. Doing and making and creating. And so as soon as I walked in the door I realised everything that I'd ever wanted to make or do was relevant. Yeah. Yeah, it was just an incredibly exciting moment. Um, um, it just
0: makes me wonder how many moments are possible for anyone if they just meet the right person or yeah. put themselves in the right context and have that aha moment. And it's like, how many aha moments are are we right on the cusp of that we're somehow missing? You know, I don't know. That seems really exciting.
1: Well, it's it's exciting. And it's also scary to realize that education has such a damning effect.
0: Mm. Um, that it's like limiting
1: incredibly limiting and which is which is you know and when you compare that with art which essentially is a a boundaryless subject yeah you know if and if it as much as any other subject it's the it's the one for me that is the least definable and that's its main quality yeah it's exciting right and so the fact that it's then taught in a way that creates boundaries is is fundamentally disloyal to what art is and creates a really bad idea or narrative that's completely untrue you know
0: so you were like living life with blinders and exactly. then you walked in that gallery and they just got ripped off yeah. and then you're like i'm an artist and you just changed your whole life yes wow <laughs> <laughs> wow so when did you decide i have to go to a, i have to move to the united states like or or when did you first come here
1: i mean i've always wanted to move here since i was a kid yeah okay. i mean it's always been like a dream I think it was about. I think it was. Around, it was early in 2015 because I think it's 2015. I had my first show in Austin. Okay, but it was a couple of years before that. There was a guy called Rene who um, he owns a, a a fashion brand called RTH in LA, and he was on a project in London and he saw a mural that I'd done. At the time, I wasn't on social media or anything. He he posted a picture of the mural. Yeah it just so happened a good friend of mine who's a furniture designer was doing the project with him and said to him I know who'd done that painting yeah and so really I was like oh I'd love to meet him and so that and at that point I went and met him and he invited me over to do projects in LA and oh, so, wow. so that was the point that I started coming over to here and then and that, that kind of started to ball rolling really and then yeah. I met you know more people more people and more projects and and then Met a guy called Jay who invited me, introduced me to a lady called Taylor who invited me to do a show in Austin. And then, and then just, yeah, I found a very good sort of friendship base here. A, yeah, good community to work in and show yeah. work. And, and so that, and, and then over the years, I just sort of built up, you know, I'd, I'd go to I'd stay in London, come to America, go back and forth between the two. And then, and then in the last year and a half is when I made the, the permanent move. Before that, it was about 50 50.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Well, so it's only recent that you've really kind of decided to be here. Yeah, so it was here.
1: Well, I've always wanted to be here. It was just getting the visa and yeah, stuff. sorted. Okay. So the, the the desire was definitely <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> always been there. It was just um, I guess jumping through the loopholes to to get it to work. You know.
0: Yeah. Sounds like you found some traction in England with your work. I mean, you were you know you decided to be an artist. You quit mm-hmm. your job. You went and got your schooling. And then you just started making art and you yeah. figured out a way to survive and share, show your work and do murals. How did that play out?
1: So when I left uni, I started working for another artist, so that, which was really good because I got to understand in a very real sense the, the fundamentals of yeah. being a professional artist. Yeah, you know? that's cool it was great university because you get three years of just being in a room and making art and, that, yeah. and that, that's such a beautiful experience. But, um, but when you leave, you suddenly, really <laughs> 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 you like, Oh yeah. Yeah. To get to do that, you know, every yeah. day it, it just doesn't work. So I, I yeah, I, I spent years working for him and, and becoming, you know, understanding what it was to make work in evenings and weekends and just, yeah. And then from there I worked in film. So I did sculptures for film, Hmm. yeah and, and just continued my practice uh, yeah I essentially had two jobs yeah and that was and that was the way I looked at it you know and I and I realized that the art world always had to continue it, the art world needed more work and uh, if I was just the last person standing then that's the way it would be right and, and also again it goes back to that thing of understanding that it's got to be fun and enjoyable and in that respect it's like there was nothing else I wanted to be doing anyway yeah it was my it was my fun you know it was the thing I enjoyed doing so instead of doing anything else as soon as I had time off it was I would make my work yeah and it definitely had an audience but I feel like it's found its home
0: Mm. here definitely and what did your work look like around that time you know before in the time period in that time period when you were working for that artist before you moved here like was it would I recognize it did it look does it look like your work does now in a way
1: there was a point when i first started coming here where it was very it was graphite based there was no painting okay it was yeah it was all graphite on sort of raw canvas um and much more i guess would be defined as a sort of technical hmm. style of work um much more sort of um portraiture and stuff
0: yeah more realistic more uh,
1: much more realistic yeah much more People-based, you know, figurative-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- but then again, to go back to what we we're talking about is when I came and I I, I ended up um, staying in Joshua Tree for three to four months. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, and that was when the color and the painting started. Yeah. So that so that's why that was also you know such a special moment because it really it really um, emboldened my work and and uh, I think yeah it gave it its roots yeah. basically to what wow. it is now and made me understand color and why I wanted to use color which I think before that I didn't I didn't know what my relationship to color was and I mean it's such a simple thing right yeah <laughs> it sounds yeah. so basic but um I didn't understand why or how I wanted to use color so before it just wasn't an option and then being in Joshua Tree I started to understand I started to have an emotional reaction to the colors there and so that was, that was, that's how the work started in that, in that respect. Yeah. Um, and then, and then from that point, so then it, then I think it it became something that's much more recognizable as to what it is today. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there would be a a, a before and an after yeah. point of that. Of Joshua which, Tree. Yeah, <laughs> which you might not recognize and then you would recognize.
0: So you get to Joshua Tree, you have this opportunity to be there for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Are you, so you're starting with the work that you were doing, just this graphic realistic yes. work. And then, as the time went on, being there, you just were like, "I got to go out and buy some paints and some yeah. canvases." And and yeah, wow. And, okay. and
1: and and at that point, there was there was like a very real, there was a very real, you know, these pieces of work that are, are real transitional pieces. So they have the graphite and they have the paint. Oh, okay. So there was like there was definitely stages of working it through. Yeah, it, it wasn't kind of end of the start yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that makes um, sense. But um, yeah, it uh, yeah I was. I was having a very real physical response to the color there Mm. and and felt like I needed to kind of do something with that, which of course was very exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: (laughs) And uh, in fact, that was when I had this, that was making work for the first show here in Austin. Okay. So it all feels quite sort of relevant, you know.
0: So you did the Joshua Tree stint Mm -hmm. and you created work that ended up in your first show in Austin. Yep. Uh, What happened next? So
1: after that was sort of three or four years of, of going back to England, going okay. back to America, okay. yeah, back and forth and and doing various projects. So there would be shows, you know, painting shows, sculpture shows, whatever, and, and as long as, as well as um, collaborating with, you know, different fashion brands or musicians. And so it was quite a sort of broad spectrum of yeah. working, really, which I always like. I mean, the one thing I like about America is that one of the many things (laughs) (laughs) um, is that artists are allowed to be much, yeah, much more diverse in the, what they create and how they operate. I feel like England has a very, the one that I experienced was quite rigid in the way that artists were, Mm. you know, you were a fine artist who shows in galleries and, or you were an illustrator or a designer, you know, whereas I feel like over here, the artist that I am, I'm a. I feel like there's a. It's not frowned upon, or, or it's actually sort of accelerated to some degree that you can, you can use your creativity in whatever medium that yeah. you, you feel that you would like to do, and I, and yeah. I really like that. You know, especially growing up, like it's, you know, my mom just made stuff all the time. It was all about just making, creating, and so I feel less rigid in the idea. I mean, I love doing paintings, but I also love designing people's tattoos or you know doing album covers and. And and I and I like the challenge of that. I like I like being broadly creative in that way. Yeah. And and I feel like that was there's a platform for that here, and there's an audience for that here, and there's an acceptance of that here. Yeah. Which is really really nice. You know, that's again, that's just enjoyable. It's really good fun, and and I don't have to worry about restricting myself. Yeah, that's is, huge. <laughs> that's
0: huge. You mentioned collaboration. I know that's something that you really do a lot of like Mm -hmm. tell me a a little bit about some of your favorite collaborations or just why that is so um important to you
1: well ultimately i think it's made me a better artist i think there was a time that i was very restricted in the way that i thought about creativity Mm. and ownership of creativity and collaborating with other people i realized that there was An enjoyment in listening to others opinions and others ideas and there's a freedom to creating work alongside other people and and there's there's an opportunity to learn and grow And, and by doing so i was becoming a more rounded better artist and i was enjoying the process more so i wasn't stunting or restricting myself
0: yeah, I'm seeing a theme here with a lot of things you're sharing. It's like removing all the limits, being open. Right. No restrictions, just full possibilities, all possibilities.
1: Yeah, and and, that, and as much as art is about creating an object, it's also about learning about yourself. Mm. A, my art has always been this tool for which I decipher the world. Yeah. And my place in it or what or who I am and how I learn and what I learn. And what I see, and it, it's the medium through which I sort of decipher everything. And and it being that, I realised, you know, to understand other people,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, wow. uh, uh, collaborating allowed me to understand other people. And and so, you know, not only did my art grow, I felt like I grew. Yeah. And so that was really exciting, you know, and and, and felt unrestricted and open and vulnerable. You know, all those kind of things. So th- that's why I love collaborating now to this day because it stops me being insular. And, you know, mm-hmm. as an artist, you know, sometimes we put ourselves in caves and don't see the day of light for just creating. And actually, it's really important to see and hear other people um, because it's, it enriches your life. And and so I feel like, yeah, collabor- collaborating enriched my art practice. Um mm.
0: It seems like the pandemic probably made that harder I would assume for everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does make it harder, but um but there's but but I've definitely felt a collective energy to get through it together, which is yeah. really nice. Um and so that's, you know, that's that's good. And also for me, you know, like I mean in terms of collaborating, music is such a big part of who I am and mm. what I like. And yeah, it's always it's, it's always been a big part of what I create, you know, in many ways sometimes I have felt that music is one of the most important influences on, on, in in my art practice. Interesting. You know? But I was never skilled. I've never, I've never been able you know, I don't feel like I'm musically inclined, but I had an appreciation of it. So, so collaborating with my art allows me to, to play a part or feel like I'm a part in some way or pay respect to music. Yeah. You know, find a place within that world that I can exist and enjoy. So I lo- yeah so I love working with friends who are you know who are incredibly talented musically and getting to be a little p- a little part of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, how so? How so?
1: Just you know designing album covers and yeah. merchandise and, and or stage backdrops you know just play you know just playing some small role in something that I really admire is on in a personal level very fulfilling. Yeah. And and you know and also inspiring as well so it all comes back and helps my work.
0: What about quilts? I saw you mentioned quilts in one of yeah. your uh, interviews online.
1: Uh, so that come, I think that comes from just a background of being, being raised around. I mean, just fabric, just rolls yeah. and rolls of fabric everywhere, and the, the tactile quality of, of fabric and the warmth, the associations of warmth. And then, and I love art that I guess might be defined more as craft, but is much more a social, has much more of a social context. And so quilting is, is something that I felt like it was an art born of like a, a social, I don't know, yes, yeah, a, a social, not movement, but yeah, a social being or yeah. collective, yeah, it was a collective creation of something that represents something else. And it, and it wasn't necessarily, it's almost like the art is the, the byproduct of that as opposed to, supposed to art being the objective it was like the by-product of a, of a doing and a making and a creating yeah and I and I and I loved I loved it I love looking at um I mean I collect books about quilts and stuff and yeah it's just I love the idea that something created as an object can represent a culture or a society or a movement or a person and uh and, and yeah you know, it's an artifact of that mm-hmm. which is a really interesting role that art plays it's an artifact of humanity and so quilts are very good examples of that because not only are they is the end product that thing that you're looking at but it's also been made in such a handmade tangible way and so it's a very it's a really nice direct kind of physical connection especially when you hold it yeah and you, you've got all the little the little sewn marks
0: yeah and the, yeah yeah the
1: collecting of you know you could break it right down to the to the patterns and the fabric and what that kind of represents and the colors of you know, certain eras. So yeah, they're just, they're just there's a real human human warmth to them that yeah. I really like as well.
0: I, I love quilts too. <laughs> and I, one of my best friends, uh, I don't know if you know her, Mara Grace Ambrose Folk Fibers. No, she makes quilts, and right. uh, so she kind of got me on the quilt thing. And I have a quilt on my bed right now. Nice. I love quilts. So there was a three or four year period where you were. I imagine just fantasizing about being here full time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did it take to finally like make that happen? And what, how hard has that been to man maintain?
1: I mean, it, ultimately it, there's a transition of period of just learning to believe that you can do it. I mean, that's something that I had to learn to be like, okay, I can do this. And, and uh, sometimes I'm a bit of a slow learner in that respect. But, um, and it was just when something's a dream for such a long time, it's almost it almost becomes an unreal thing. Like it's almost too big, too good, that you can't even fathom the idea that you would maybe be able to do yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that I'd put it I'd elevated it to such a status that I was like, it's such a special thing. I just don't see how I could do it, you know? And so it took me a little while to just accept that that was, it was within my realm, you know, I could do it. it, This could actually be my life and I could do that Yeah. and I could create that. And so I think it took me a little while to accept that because I think it was there for me for a number of years before I actually did it, Mm. but it was just... It was just accepting that the, that, that I could, that I was worthy of it, I guess, in, in some respects. And yeah. that, um, and, and yeah. So I think that, I think that was the main, as most things, I'm normally the obstacle in the way. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but uh, yeah. So I think that was the main thing. And then, and then I, I just, I just realized that I'd found my audience and and the the opportunities were there that allowed the situation to happen as well so it was seeing that it was there it was real it existed and i could do it yeah and also you know admin is not my strongest point yeah yeah (laughs) getting putting together the proposal to get the visa that's quite a daunting thing um so it was just it was just learning to manage that and put that together and um in terms of keeping it going, it feels very natural. Hmm. I, I feel I feel at home here. I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. So it, it's just
0: continually engaging with that, really. But I mean, the process of maintaining your residency here is not easy, right?
1: No. So I have a three-year visa, and then it will be the next one is to just reapply and get. But okay. once, once you've got the, the first one, I think it becomes an easier okay. process after that. I okay. hope so, anyway.
0: Yeah. But you're not on edge about it at all. There's, is there's like a possibility you'd have to go back, or you couldn't stay, or something?
1: I mean, you you can't. There's always an element of feeling fragile at times. Yeah. Um, but I think when I look at everything objectively, I realise that everything is going really well, and and I and I love it here, and um, I feel confident in it all. Yeah. yeah. So it's just about taking a step back and looking at it. Honestly, and you and then you feel fine about it. But there's yeah. definitely times where, um, and I guess the last year has been an interesting year because it's a COVID year, and so that in itself creates as a, a as a, an emotional value as well. Mm-hmm. You no, know, there's definitely times where I, if I allow myself to worry, I can worry. But yeah. when I look at things objectively, I right, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to do it. I know that it's going well. Yeah.
0: So maybe share any highlights. I guess from when you actually officially moved here till now, like that you think might be interesting to kind of get us to the present day and then we can kind of talk about where things are and how the future looks, you know?
1: The thing that I'm really excited about for me is looking at the work in a way that's present and now and grounded because the work has always been made about looking. And I'm talking about highlights very much in regards to my work. But I, I was sort of explaining a bit earlier that a lot of my work has been about looking in to a place from afar, looking at a landscape, looking at this kind of portal. Yeah, And the transition that I've really recognized since I've been here is about understanding how to make work that's about being here. Yeah. And and what's what what is my reaction to that? Like how do I feel about that? What are all the what are, you know, all the beautiful moments or whatever that I feel being here?
0: It's, yeah, where the portals almost like looking through a window from across the ocean or exactly.
1: something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's like, Oh, I am actually in that portal. You know, yeah. I'm actually in that land. I'm actually in my painting essentially. And so now I get to discover what's in the painting. Yeah. Which is really interesting for me to to be able to like suddenly I feel like the world has grown in terms of what I can create because I'm inside the painting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so, there's works right behind mm-hmm. me that are that have. I'm assuming your uh, footprints on them. As uh-huh. I mean, it's like you're making the mark on the landscape exactly. that you've yeah. been fantasizing about, and you're actually here, Which and is, you're a part of it.
1: Exactly, and and the work came about because I wanted to wait. You know, make a painting in a, in, a, in a much more physical performative sense yeah. and uh, and i and i and i created it and, and i put it on the wall and i happened to put it next to one of my landscape paintings and i was like oh yeah <laughs> i'm actually walking <laughs> 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 and, and, and having analyzed the work and the creation i realized what i was doing what the conversation i was having with myself essentially yeah. is um an acceptance of being in that space and enjoying being in that space. And what am I going to find, you know, which is a really lovely way to look at the new work, which wasn't necessarily apparent at the beginning, but it's very much evident now that I look at it and realize what, what's happening emotionally when I think about it in the, in the creating and the thinking. Yeah. So, that that for me is a real highlight. I feel like there's a real rich new world for me to to be inspired by mm. and and create from a a new uh, perspective basically. Yeah. Um, and then another sort of other highlights. I mean, my new studio is obviously a big
0: yeah highlight. It's great,
1: <laughs> and, and to be able to. Uh, I feel like I say the word space a lot, but to have found myself in this space to create work about space. Yeah. It's it's a really, really lovely place to be in. You know, I'm never, uh, yeah, I I still come in here and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm definitely very humbled by it all and very excited by living the dream. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is really lovely.
0: I mean, it feels exciting just to be here in this moment um, that could be a transitional moment to, as you're experimenting with new types of work. Uh-huh. And, so you have your paintings. That's your most prominent work that yes. I think most people know. Very mm-hmm. colorful, mm-hmm. black line, mm-hmm. um, kind of sometimes portals, uh, landscapes, people, um but then you also do work with stone you have yes. these painted stones um i'm seeing some pottery uh-huh. uh some other kind of sculptural uh work um yeah maybe talk about some of your other work too other than paintings that how you how that came about
1: so the sculpture i um and i think it i think it talks a little bit about what well, I was just talking about looking into the paintings, you know yeah. becoming part just just looking into the paintings themselves and the creative process and so where whereas before the art was a art was about creating this place to be in in this imagery based work now that I'm here, it's about understanding the work itself and me myself as an artist because i found i feel like I found my place mm. so now it's about now now that the, the as much as anything, the subject of creation, why I'm creating, what I'm creating is is really exciting as well. So looking at the elements, the, the qualities of of the paintings and why they exist, what I can do with those and how can I stretch those or change those or develop them. And so it felt like... I wanted to take some of those elements of the paintings and turn them in into an, a, a real grounded thing. I guess essentially, yeah. like myself, I'm real and I'm grounded and I'm here. Yeah. And so there was, there was there's always been that relationship with the work. So and because I felt like that, I wanted to do something like that with the paintings. And I, I guess I've always, and also alongside, interested in the the way art is looked at, or in, you know how you share space with an artwork. Yeah, and because the work was essentially about space a landscape i was like well it felt quite natural to create that in a very real sense and turn those into objects but still trying to keep the idea the essence of the painting you know in a visual or a tangible sense or so that's what i wanted to do with the sculptures really i, I almost wanted to like make the paintings have a bit of real life mm. and uh so the sculptures are definitely direct descendants of the paintings um, there are a development of the creative process but also with the sculptures which is quite interesting is that I didn't have any real expectancy of the sculptures whereas uh, I feel like my paintings have been a process of years and years and years of, of pulling apart deciphering and understanding what I was looking for in a painting, so you know. So that, that you know, I feel like I spent years learning a technical quality of creating a two D image. Yeah. Then stripping away that, always trying to look at what I can take away, what I can take away, what I can take away. You know, with sculpture, I didn't have any. I didn't have any history with right, it. Right. You know, right. I could I could start at day one. And just see what it is, you know. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed that process of creating something that could just be anything, and I and I didn't have to. I I could just see what it was, as opposed to just trying to, you know. The paintings are sometimes trying to, but they're trying to find a feeling. That I have a feeling, yeah, and I want to try and put that into the painting. Whereas with the sculptures, it's about creating and seeing what I feel. Mm. So it was, it was kind of like the opposite, which was. you know, it's interesting. It's a new way for me to approach making work. And I like the idea of them referencing the painting, but also being abstracted. So what was it to create a sculpture that's essentially an abstract mixture of things? So they had a feeling or a sense of direction, but they didn't really have anything definite about them apart from the way they made you feel. But then why do they make you feel like that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I quite like not knowing. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, there's actually a piece at uh, Kevin's gallery. Uh, it's like a piece of painted slate. Mm-hmm. Is that slate? Yeah. Uh, with clamps holding it vertically, and there's a nose on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That is so unique. I've never seen anything like that." That's. <laughs> but oh, and, and
1: I could and and the other thing that I liked about sculpture is, I really I liked solving problems of my own creation. So I was just like, I want to stick this rock up vertically, but how am I going to do it? Yeah. Because no one needs to do that, really. Right. <laughs> but so that, so that in itself was a creative challenge and quite fun. And then, and then I liked looking at materials that were they had a, a sense of human engagement. So like the sea clamps you know, yeah. the idea that they're used for humans to turn and tighten. You know, they have a sense that they have a narrative to them. Yeah. But subverting that narrative a little bit and using them as an art tool
0: right is, is
1: really good fun so then using the sea clamps to, to stand the rocks up and and it meant that I could I could play with qualities of art that can't they don't all they're sort of implied in a painting right so there's an implied idea of balance or you know weight etc whereas in sculpture you can do that in a very real sense yeah and so a lot of my sculptures I like Playing between that line between almost like being created and being destroyed. Mm -hmm. So some of them, there's a fine line of balance. That something one little knock and it could fall apart. Or yeah. So there, there was stuff that I was doing in the paintings that I, I wanted to try and stretch with the sculptures essentially.
0: Yeah, and I just love your openness. I mean, just as you're talking about kind of rethinking a way to use these C clamps, I just, I mean, I feel like that's the ultimate place to be or the ultimate goal is to be so open to where you would see anything that you could, you could see the possibility in any object being anything, right. you know? I yeah. mean, I th- feel like that's what you're trying to do.
1: hundred percent. And I mean, I, I, I joke with people that Home Depot is one of the most creative places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. And, and, you know, people sort of laugh. And I'm like, no, but I'm sort of being genuine. You know, you, you, the, the, you can go in there and if you look at things differently. Yeah. The, you know, really, there's some really beautiful objects in there that can be used completely differently. And suddenly you'll look at it in a, in a new way. And that it's really good fun. Essentially, it's just... I'm, I'm playing like a child, yeah, yeah. you know, and and that's, that's the thing that I'm trying to nurture, that instinctive play, because I think that's when I make my
0: best work. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Play is so important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, When I was at uni, one of the tutors said to me that, you know, most artists are just trying to be children again, essentially. Yeah. In terms of when they're making art. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I think I did probably make my best work when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and, and,
0: just free and open and no baggage you know just kind of
1: just a pure enjoyment of the the creating and the materials and you know there's it's not defined by what there's no there's no outside influences of what is to be created so it's a very um instinctive spontaneous create you know creative act yeah and i think that creates really good work yeah so yeah i think so (laughs) how are you doing Oh, good. I'm enjoying it, This is awesome. Yeah, I'm always a bit, I'm always, you know, uh, the thing is, talking about my work, I, I, you know, I think a lot of artists can feel nervous about it, but, and I definitely have some nerves, but once I start talking, I realize that I'm, I'm sort of learning from the things that I'm saying as well, you know.
0: You're like figuring it out. Yeah,
1: figuring it out. And I constantly say stuff. And then I realize that I didn't really, I didn't necessarily know that before.
0: Oh, yeah. because you have to articulate it, because maybe no one's ever asked you that question. Before, right, like, specifically. and I think,
1: and in talking about the, the, the new pieces walking on the canvas, it was, it was when I started talking about it, I realized the direct link to, we, to my current situation and what I'm doing and what I'm feeling, you know, yeah. and, where, and where the work is going. So, I, yeah, I do enjoy talking about the work. That's it, cool. Yeah. I'm I, glad
0: you do, because I'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Oh, good. So there is definitely, I feel like I've, I had read a few things you'd said too, that you have a connection with stone or stones. Maybe you could talk about that. Like you, I think you'd even mentioned in one thing, you like, you like to carry a stone around in your pocket or something, you know, yeah. like what's, what, and, and touching stones for you is kind of like this connection to this kind of like earth energy or something.
1: Well, in therapy, you, you know, I learned the, you know, it's good to create or understand. A, a place that you can think of that yeah that, that brings you some sense of calm or serenity and safety and safety yeah. Yeah. yeah and and I realized it was um very instinctively was sitting on a cold stone oh. having my hands on a cold stone and I and I realized there's something about the temperatures of stone that is uniquely stone but um it feels connected to us yeah essentially it's all the same matter right
0: elemental kind of.
1: right exactly and um and i think there's something about the temperature of a stone whether it's cold or warm that feels like an extension of myself when i hold it it's like it's it, yeah i find it incredibly calming and grounding so i feel i feel somewhat connected to the stones and I, you know and uh, I'm fascinated by the the idea that the history of the stone, and I think something about touching them comes in that.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, you could have a stone in your hand that's millions of years old know, or something. I don't know. know. I mean, it's pretty amazing.
1: And there's also something about the idea. You know, you go back to looking at a sea clamp in a new way. It's just a stone,
0: mm-hmm. but if
1: you look at it in a new way, suddenly it has a, a very. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, and yet it's incredibly subtle. We see it every day. But it just requires looking at it differently. And, and I think maybe I've learned a lesson from looking at it differently. And, and therefore there's something for me to continually learn about that concept of looking at it differently. Um, but yes. And also, yeah, I have stones in my cars and my pockets and <laughs> <laughs> so, from yeah, your travels. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, um, I find it incredibly soothing. Definitely. Yeah. And, so yeah, it just it just feels very natural to put it into my artwork. I have a connection and a relationship with them, so you know,
0: yeah.
1: I want to put it in my work.
0: How often do you try to go wherever you go? I mean, where do you like to go out out to the west, out to the south? You know, like where do you go to get refreshed? To
1: I need to I need to learn a lot more. I need to find a lot more. I mean, for me, you know, it's funny because. Taking any drive in America is really exciting for yeah. me. You know, so I, <laughs> I, have, I have, I have, I'm, you know, I have fresh eyes to everything. So yeah. it's, all, it's all incredibly exciting to me. But in terms, I mean, to be honest, I'm much more happy listening to other people's suge- suggestions. You know, I mean, yeah. not long ago, when I went up, obviously did Big Bend and Tulum going around that kind of area. And that's beautiful. I mean, I absolutely love it. I love Joshua Tree. And, um, but in terms of, I don't know if I'd have any, recommendations per se or anywhere that i would consider like a favorite because it's all just exciting for me yeah
0: and when you're traveling and maybe you're thinking about your work or you're not thinking about it i mean how are you are you sketching are you photographing are you just taking mental pictures are you journaling like how are you absorbing what you're seeing and feeling and the colors and everything so that you can then bring that into your work
1: I mean, I never stop thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In in, in many ways, when I'm in the landscape, it's quite enjoyable just to look at the landscape and enjoy it and not think about my work. Okay. So to appreciate what it is. And then it's often at the end of the day when I've got back and I've sat down and I found some silence, then it, it quite naturally becomes an inspirational thing. I mean, I do, I definitely do, do some sketching at times. Okay. But I, 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 oft, I, I try and, I try and be present by the looking and the, the seeing and the hearing mm-hmm. as much as anything. Because everything I draw is, is, is imagined anyway, even though it's obviously heavily, heavily influenced, I still want to be, I still want to play with that idea as the, as an artist where you're creating an imagined, a romanticized, yeah. you know, so there's, which is so so it's less replication and more creation. Yeah. So I want I want to keep I want I want to keep that involved in the process.
0: So instead of like being out in the desert and taking a picture and then putting it on your wall and then making a painting right. s- inspired by that visually, you're just going completely from inside. Yes. Okay.
1: So I think that's more the process. Yeah. So it's, it's much more like go to the landscape or the place or the person or the you know the sound absorbing it and seeing what that comes out as yeah is the idea yeah more than the the yeah, the, the sort of visual replication of it yeah which which is great because again being here has fed that Feeling
0: right, (laughs) so
1: which is really good. I think maybe that maybe some of the worry was that I would see it and it'd be so visual that I wouldn't need to replicate the feeling, but because the feeling is so great, I do want to continue to make the work and, and I think that it's helped the work, you know.
0: Yeah, um, do you ever see any aspects of home or I don't know if you'd call England home or not, but I mean, do you ever see that influence still coming into your work at all?
1: Definitely not visually,
0: yeah, okay,
1: no. But then, you know, the piece you talked about earlier, the Together from Afar. Yeah. Where, where Jana's still in England. So there's, yeah, emotionally, definitely. The, mm-hmm. Because it's all part of the narrative. It's all part of the story of where I am and what I'm doing and where I'm going. And so the, the influence is, yeah, it's a much more of an emotional influence as opposed to, yeah, a visual.
0: And it's where you're raised and grew up, yeah, I guess. It's like, so it's, it's part a, of you, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It would always be a part of it.
0: But do you call this home now, pretty much?
1: Yeah. Okay. Definitely, it definitely feels like home. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I found my home, which is (laughs) nice. Yeah, it's a lovely feeling.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kevin mentioned something I wanted to ask you about. He said uh, you have kind of a a specific routine. Is there is there a way that you kind of have set your life up uh, to do your work by routine in any way?
1: I mean, I'm quite fortunate in terms of my process. I, I sort of. I realized quite early on that the, the work for me to make my best work, it was the the, the the end product was a result of the process. So the process, the end result became, was an organic end result yeah, as opposed to approaching making a painting with just like, I've got this sort of abstract idea in my head. So, I realised it. It all started, you know, on a small piece of paper, essentially, by just like sketching, sketching, and sketching all, you know, all, all day, every day. And um it was a good way for me to to play with ideas and understand ideas and and yeah, you know, understand composition and line mm-hmm. and space and and then and then sort of building that up to to the point where the the work becomes the painting at the end. Um But, having said that, you know we again, we spoke about this quickly before we started the interview where having known that process now i'm trying to to break that up a little bit mm. by adding in the elements of this the new marbled effect that I'm using yeah. and um adding more texture into the paintings and and creating a, a creating room in the process of painting that I don't know about until it comes to doing it yeah and and what that is to respond to that and uh and what that does to the painting and, and to the original idea and what i can learn from that so that that's that's been really no, that's been really fun to although having had this good idea of what my process is to continually continually try and chuck something new into it and see yeah. what that does you know uh which is i think it's really important as a creative person to continually do that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know and uh, i i tried to, you know in terms of creating i I would say that I try and spend as much time as I can doing it. It's pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty simple. So
0: you just have like a routine every day. You're spending so many hours working. Yeah. Pretty
1: yeah. Much. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. All it's day like a full time job. Pretty <laughs> much. Oh, <yeah. laughs> I mean, it is. Right? And not a job.
0: It's <laughs> a weird way to say it. But, no.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm in here seven days a week. Yeah. making Basically, but it's the thing that I love doing. Mm-hmm. So um, I often get, told i have to do other things but
0: yeah oh okay <laughs> and or that's eat or <laughs> yeah right exactly
1: i have to learn how to do the other things outside of doing oh uh, okay but um i think i'm pretty structured in the way that i come here every day and do stuff yeah yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. i think it's, it's important for me yeah definitely
0: maybe here at the end we could just talk about um kind of any anything that you feel like you've learned about yourself recently through doing your work and maybe kind of where you th- see things going, you know wh- what's kind of next.
1: What have I learned about myself recently? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, or just like looking at this work now that you have up on your walls that you're creating. Do you see something new, or see something about yourself that you didn't know?
1: I really, at the moment, I'm really enjoying creating mess in the work, mm. softening the edges of the work. I guess, yeah, allowing more vulnerability or less control, Mm -hmm. and uh, and I think that it makes the work more exciting. So, you know, again, what I was just talking about about how the work was very planned, beginning, middle, and end, and allowing room in that middle section to to have an unknown to Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah exploration and um a much more yeah being responsive to the mess that's being made essentially i mean i'm calling it mess but it's mark making happy accidents happy accidents (laughs) yeah mark making texture um so and i think that that's a good lesson for me to remember personally as well. Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, I I guess if there was, yeah, if there was something to be said or about a relationship between the two, me and the work, then that's, that's an important thing for me to remember as well. Yeah. Just to loosen up the edges a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: And why is that hard for you or personally to like loosen up, let go of the control? (laughs) (laughs) not that everyone probably doesn't have that issue
1: (laughs) well i don't know if i have a problem with it i'm just i'm excited about learning to enjoy it yeah okay i think that's a better way of looking at it yeah i'm excited i'm always excited to open it up more to, Mm -hmm. to to look at it to see where it goes and i think that's the thing isn't it you know to to be although I'm creating the work to, to 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 feel less in charge of it as well have a relationship with the idea that you're learning from the work rather than constantly having to tell the work exactly what it is all the time yeah to actually listen to what it is what is happening you know I, I can't remember what painter it is They 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 was there was always they said they was always excited when they turned up the next day in the studio and they were like I don't know how I painted that Wow. So to develop more and more and more of that, basically.
0: It just sounds like presence to me. I mean, it's exactly. like if you're in the moment, then you're probably not going to. I mean, it, th- it makes me think of when I studied acting years ago. They, you know, the ideal in a way, I mean, if you wanted to have some kind of a goal in acting was to be so present in a scene that you don't remember what you did. Exactly. And you weren't aware of yourself.
1: And, and and for that, it requires less control. Yeah. You, you, you're just allowing yourself to be present. Yeah, it's exactly about being present, being here, being grounded. And that's, yeah, that's a constant, constant thing that, uh, yeah, it's a skill that needs nurturing.
0: Yeah, after having prepared for years. Right. I mean, there's a whole process. You prepare for years. Let's say you learn your lines where you don't even have to think about them. Mm -hmm. And then you're completely prepared to be spontaneous in that moment and not aware and totally present, I guess, is the way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and enjoy enjoying your ability to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Nurturing that confidence and that instinct and that sort of creativity Mm -hmm. in, in the moment.
0: Yeah. So what are you excited about going forward? Any specific events or just trends or anything that you're working on?
1: I've got a show coming up in Dallas um, in July, which I'm excited about. and then I've got another show with Kevin at Ivester in, in December. Oh, nice. And um, I'm really excited about putting together work, or a show that talks of that relationship between the, 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 yeah, the being here. Mm-hmm. The investigation into that the you know the the creating work about being here i I'm, really, I'm excited about showing that and uh creating a, a show that talks to that language and is also then feels like the viewer is in that as well so the 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 they're seeing work about being present whilst being present and yeah. feeling that they are too in the painting
0: and more three-dimensional work too
1: yes yeah i yeah I, i'm ex- i mean especially having this new studio i get to play around with much more Yeah, you know, sculptural physical ideas it's, with the height in here i yeah. want to play with height and oh wow yeah so very, all very basic qualities of what sculpture can be but in, in a way that's for me that's going to be fun to look into
0: nice yeah <laughs> do you have any final words for any artists that might be listening any kind of uh, words of encouragement or anything you've figured out anything that
1: i figured out (laughs) do you think
0: might help someone else (laughs) i mean you've shared a lot of them yeah i
1: I, I think for me it's about enjoying it yeah i think that that's the one key that i found to be useful is to be excited allow remember to be excited by it excited about what i'm making in the present making it and then I found personally it's to look at the work afterwards and understand it to not to to not think too much before you've done it basically and and once you start building that relationship up that's where you can create movement in creation so you're never stunted if you I feel like if you if you stunt yourself at the beginning it's very hard to move and um, and I think it's just about understanding enjoying instinctive creation and and then once doing that learning how to analyze the work and look at the work and understand the work in order to move forward and so yeah. a healthy relationship between those two ways of being is 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 the way to make good artwork
0: yeah that's awesome
1: yeah i, I love know, that that would be my thing
0: <laughs> maybe one more quick thing why austin what do you love about austin
1: i love the people Everyone's so friendly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the English, they have a bit of a reputation for being a bit miserable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never been over there. But.
1: but, um, I just found that everyone was so friendly. Everyone was really excited about art creation, doing stuff, you know, making stuff, working together. And, um, it seems to be a city that, is excited about developing its art scene. Yeah. And so for me, that's really nice because I get to come in and be part of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's something that I'm excited about doing, you know, to feel like I'm a part of a community that's trying to create art and, and put it out there. So, you know, that's, that's what I really like.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's a cool place to be. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot of good energy, a lot of great artists here. Um, as some of my, Previous guests have said everyone's very open and willing to help and share.
1: Exactly, and and I, and I love that, and I think that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, Tom gene for your time.
1: Thank you. that was really good fun.
0: And I would encourage people to visit Ivester Contemporary if they want to see some of your work in person. Mm-hmm. Is there yeah. is your work anywhere else in person in Austin?
1: I mean, there's some murals and bits and bobs. Central Machine Works. They've got a couple of murals and stuff in there. But in terms of of paintings yeah Ivista.
0: yeah cool all right well thank you
1: cool thank you very much
0: hey it's scott thank you so much for listening i'm so appreciative of your time investment in listening to these conversations that i have with these amazing people i'm very grateful for you and if you want to learn more about me and the podcast just check out scottdavidgordon.com Take care. Thanks.